welcome to the Cork Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us today. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and encourages you in the things of the Lord. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good evening, good night, good day to whoever, wherever, and whenever you're watching us from today's streams in the desert. I am joined today by our Cork Church pastors, Hamp, they're looking beautiful and shiny, Patrick looking as cool as ever, and Stephen, you're just looking as, as, as technical. You remind me actually of the singer from, uh, remember that band years ago, Losing My Religion, remember? Well, you, you remember yeah, the band? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. REM, that's how you did with a bit of a goalie, but anyhow, <laughs> you're not losing your religion now, okay? <laughs> oh, hey guys, wow. thanks, for, <laughs> thanks for joining me again today, guys, and uh, for those who are watching, we did advertise that we were going to have Derek and Vicky Griffin today, but there was a, a, a sort of a double booking with them, and they will be joining us in a few weeks. They're really, really excited to be um, to be actually um, hearing and uh, chatting with us, so well, so I'm stuck with you three. Amen. That's what everyone is watching. There's a really, there's a lot of material to work with here today, folks. That's all I can say. <laughs> so, guys, let me ask you. Let me ask you straight. The end is in sight, or is it? What do you feel? Um, are we? Are we? Are we really turned the corner? Are we getting there? You look into the crystal ball, Hamp, uh, Patrick, Steve. You know, as much as you can do a guesstimation, where do you think we're at? I, I I think that um, we're on the I suppose the downward road of this, um, with, with the the vaccine coming through and our nation getting vaccinated. I think I think there'll be some ups and downs along the way, some bumps in the in the journey. But but by and large, I think we I would say we'll be staying open from now once once we get open in the middle of May. I, th I think we'll be staying open. Uh, and and there'll just be ups and downs in the journey nationally. Um, and, uh, we may be limited with numbers, and it'll take a while to get up to full numbers. I, I think there's still a journey in this, definitely. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that's where we're at. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What what what's our resident epidemiologist of Cork Church saying? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> oh, I'm no epidemiologist. I don't know. I, I, I think it's. <laughs> Exactly. I, I I definitely I'm looking forward to being back. That's for sure, and seeing everybody. Yeah. Um, and from that, you know, I don't know. It's hard to tell. Maybe two, three years of stop and stop, start and stops. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But uh, like that, Stephen said, ups and downs and ins and outs. I think that the thing that is just concerning are all the variants and how they respond to these vaccines. So if, mm. if, if we can uh, keep the variants, keep it back with the vaccines and less chance of the variants happening and more liberties, I hope, I hope, but um, I'm hopeful, but I'm, but I'm also, I think from what's happened, it's hard to, it's hard to really put your hopes too far out there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 They kind of push you back with a lot of, uh, 
mm. uh, a lot of fear out there at the moment. And it's hard to kind of see the realities, really, because there's, there's, there's so many sides to looking at this COVID. Mm. And uh, you have your, 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 your deep, uh, what you call them, deep state conspir- conspiratorialists out there. You've got <laughs> your moderates in between. You've got your government line. You've got, and everybody then in between that has got an opinion on this. But can mm. I just say to you um, that I, I know for, for myself that I, I, I'm holding more firm to to the to to my Christian faith in the sense in every sense and particularly in the area when Jesus said I will build my church yeah. and the gates of hell so even if hell was behind yeah. us it can't yeah. stop us you know yeah. so you know because people ask me is this the devil is this God is this is this big business is this pharmaceutical companies wanting to make a skimming I would probably say a bit of everything there you know I mean the pharmaceutical companies are probably coining it at the moment. Uh, every war that has ever broken out in this world, there's been the sort of the sort of uh, bottom feeders that have done very, very well out of conflict. So I think there's a lot of people doing very, very well out of COVID, of course. Mm. And, uh, but to the extent at, uh, of the gospel and our faith, it doesn't matter for us. It is that yeah. our God is in control, and to 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 be unshakable yeah. there gives you a, a higher perspective of not being so knee-jerking and reacting to, to uh, what are highly politicized questions and stuff. But uh, it's certainly, mm-hmm. um, it's certainly uh, you know, Patrick, what do you think yourself? Do you think it's going to be like a bit of an accordion? Are we going to be, you know, uh, uh, like a carry man testing an indicator? Tis on, tis off, tis on, tis off. <laughs> oof, oof. Oh, I hope there's no carry people Hello listening. My, I hope there is Sorry. carry people listening. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely think that kind of analogy of an accordion is really fitting. I think it could be next year, really, in actuality, when we see some semblance of normality come back. But I, I, I don't know that we'll go to level five again. I don't know that that's yeah, going to happen once we open up in May. But I do think that there's going to be restrictions and easing off and restricting and easing off again. Um, do you know? But just to, um, I guess, agree with what you're saying, Pastor Nick. I mean, the gospel is is you can't chain it. You can't lock it down. And um, I, I just believe that. I, I, I think for myself personally, this has been a beautiful season. The gospel has done a work in me all over again. And uh, even even if we can't necessarily proclaim it with all those liberties that we're used to, it doesn't mean that the gospel isn't doing a deeper work in us as individuals if we care yeah. to acknowledge it and if we care to look. So yeah. it's been a time of growth um, for sure. Um, so, yeah, that's what I think. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm a little. Yeah, sorry, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, just, just to bring a scripture into it. Just, just something I've been pondering on today. You know, it's in Matthew where it says, uh, where Jesus says, "You are the salt of the earth," and then mm-hmm. in verse fourteen, he says, "You are the light of the world," uh, and and that's just a reality. That that's who we are as Christians. We are salt. We are light. And I know in the summer months, as, as, as the sun comes up earlier in the morning, I can't keep that light out of my bedroom. It, it creeps in, it sneaks in behind the curtains and under the curtains and through the curtains and um, it wakes us up earlier. But you can't keep light out. Um, and, and so I, I, I think that, that the church is going to shine no matter what happens with COVID mm-hmm. and, and the, mm-hmm. the testimony can't be stopped by COVID. The light can't be stopped by COVID. The salt can't be stopped by, by, by COVID. So, um, yeah, we, we need to be encouraged. You know, we're, we're yeah. prepared for this. We're ready for this. We have what we need for this. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm a little bit more op optimistic than maybe you, Patrick, there. Not that you're not an optimistic character, but I, I, my reading is that... I think... No, as regards, as regards to the accordingly opening and closing, you know, in the okay, sense that... And only in that aspect, I think, I think in the light of the gospel, what God's doing, you're absolutely 100% on. But a lot of people are going to be eager to think, well, what do we think is going to happen? My own personal thinking on it is that with the rollout of the vaccines happening, I mean, next week, I, I'm able to go in and get the jab myself. So hopefully I don't yeah. turn into the zombie apocalypse and start biting all the other pastors, you know, you can stay <laughs> for me. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've been asked about that. Maybe it'll stop it, Nick. I, Maybe it'll stop the biting. <laughs> <laughs> it can't get any worse. <laughs> Somebody said, that, what is it, Nick? The over 60s are next week, is that right? No, no, have no, be <laughs> careful. <laughs> <laughs> you go, I'm going to go high. Just on Wednesday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come on, come on. Uh, I, you know, with the, with the rollout of the vaccine, and again, for anyone watching, you know, we don't have a stand as leaders. We, you, each one has to consider in their own heart before the Lord about this vaccine. Your pastor is going for it. I don't have a conscientious issue with it. I do not think for one second it's the mark of the beast and a lot of that nonsense talk come from those quarters. They're just they're just um, militant Christians really who just want to have an argument all the time for, for the most part. So we, it's really up to conscience in this area. So please... Mm -hmm. Uh, be prayerful. Ask the Lord about that. If you, you know, my wife is more jaundiced than I am, and I'm, I'm, I'm not at all overly worried about that. Um, and that's not to say that I switch off my brain. Is is there manipulation going on? There's always been <laughs> manipulation going on. We be the small people that get caught every time with manipulations. But uh, as long as our governments see fit uh, we have conscience and you have to follow your conscience before the lord but on your on your vaccine but but then you're going back to the substantive point i'm trying to make is that with the rollout of the vaccine uh, i don't see I, I think there's going to be we know there's a return to church so you know on the on uh, the may the 10th i think we will be able to bring congregations of 50 but we're we're waiting for clarification from the government. We 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 believe that's going to move into pods of fifty like we did before, which means we can take two hundred and fifty people roughly into court church and any Sunday service as well as go live online because of our entrances and exits. And uh, so that's you know that's what we're going to be doing. Anyhow, and if the government um, are a little bit worried, they can come in and they can help us to find out which 50 stay out. So, but um, we have a huge building here, and, and we're trusting that um, wearing the face masks and and doing yeah, some good distancing, um, things are going to ease. We're hoping that that yeah. even I talked to you guys earlier on. I'm hoping that even by by July we get our cafe opening again in the church. And um, mm -hmm. so I'm a bit more optimistic in those areas. I think that. The world is getting a grasp of this, although we look at India with terrible fear for the Indian mm. people at this time. It's been an absolute horrendous surge of that virus there. And um, it is it is heart-rendering to see men and women bring their loved ones and put them in, under a pile of wood and light a funeral pile for them. And mm, um, it's awful. Uh, I just think it's horrible. My heart goes out to the many pastors, friends I have over there. And, uh, wonderful men and women of God. We love the nation of India and its people. But mm. apart from that, mm. I, 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 th I think even there, you know, um, that will come under control in time. So I'm more hope relatively strong protocols of interaction in church again. And I'm, I know you're the same. I'm so looking forward. I, I have, yeah. I've verged on depression at times. 
um, not in a bad way, but you know, in a natural way, from missing our mm. friends and our family of Court Church, the, our, our brothers and sisters. You know, I can miss you for a few weeks when I go on holidays, and I'm not, I'm not crying about that, and you're not crying about it either. But man, when it goes on after a few weeks, you just say, Lord, I, I wish I had to put up with that kid that cries at the back. <laughs> that person that's a little bit strange, whatever. I, you missed your people. And so I think I speak for all of us there that uh, we're, we're looking forward to that returning, you know, um, in just in a short number of days. Don't get too hyped up, everybody. In a short few days, the end is, you know, we're getting in there. We're getting there. So um, praise the Lord. It's been a, some year, though, hasn't it? Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So, what, what, yeah. what, what a journey. You know, like, like yourself, Nick, I was just, you know, I've been doing some, some work in the, in the sanctuary, you know, just getting ready to open up again. And I was just, I was blasting the music in there, you know, just worship music, just imagining that the place just full of our congregation and brothers and sisters, you know, and, mm. and the shout of joy and the, the shout of praise that, that, that we haven't heard in over a year in, in our sanctuary, we haven't we haven't had that properly, and just anticipating that, looking forward to it, and yeah. just seeing some of the faces. Osada, you know, down the back yeah. corner, yeah. me having to tell her everybody, yeah. come on forward, Osada, come on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, brothers yeah. and sisters, know. yeah, um, yeah. yeah. It's, um, but the, you know, when you look at the the last year, I mean, the last maybe fourteen months, the the not just the COVID, the the whole world seemed to have accelerated into an antichrist spirit. Though, have you you know you 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 see everything from the BLM to the to the wokeism, you know, to the uh, the transgenderism, and it seems it seems all of a sudden that that this tide came down of people are violently protesting and the darkest elements of people's, you know, Adamic failure seem to be coming out. I mean, mm. it, it, it's taken my breath away to see, and even, even see Christians who would come off the message of the gospel, which is about the love of God, uh, about showing the love and the grace of God to all men, regardless of skin tone or economic background or where you're from. My goodness me, to, to all of a sudden think that we can, we can bend men and women to a certain way of behavior, to acts of violence, even our canceling culture, or, mm. and and the polarizing of it all has been, it, it's mm. been something I, I I found really 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 sad to see that you know. And uh, Patrick, as a man of color, tell tell me just you know we're not going to go into the you know well we, we can go anywhere you want to go in this to be honest with you. But tell me your own <laughs> sense of feeling about that. Yeah, we're, we're in friends here. We can we we can hold the conversation. Absolutely. Um, do you know, it's it's such a, it's a time so fraught with difficulty. I mean, even as you were talking, Pastor Nick, I, I thought of Jesus um, during the Olivet Discourse. He spoke about kind of ethnos against ethnos and a rise in racial tension. Um, and that would be a sign uh, of the end of the age and of his coming again. And so um, if you'd asked me a year ago, 13 months ago, are we in the last days? I would have said, well, technically, since Pentecost, yes. But in actuality, no, I don't think so. We could be generation out. But with the acceleration, with what we're actually seeing um, it, and the speed of it and the, the breakdown of, of democracy and the breakdown of civility uh, into tribalism, into yeah. identitarian politics, it's stunning. And I remember in 2015, I believe, I was in Washington, D.C., and I was at the Abraham Lincoln Memorial, and I stood on the step. 
that uh, Martin Luther King uh, gave his I Have a Dream speech on. And, and, and the, the ideas in that speech about men being judged on the content of their character as opposed to the Phenomenal. color of their skin, Phenomenal, I think yeah. we have drifted so far away from the concept of that to the point now where, where we've, we've, I suppose, embraced this idea of equity. So it's important to understand the difference between equality and equity. Equality is um, uh, everybody gets the same opportunity, and equity is everybody, the, the outcomes must be the same for everybody, regardless of gender or race or anything like that. So to see society embrace this kind of doctrine of equity uh, and call it justice um, is stunning. Um, but I think it's Sweden. I think it's Sweden, where they've most legislated this, where they've most said, okay, well, there has to be a 50-50 split across the board in every sector, gender or otherwise, there's mm -hmm. been the most diversity, which mm -hmm. I think is stunning. So when you give, when, when you, when you mandate people, or excuse me, when you give people the choice, they make different choices. Uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and I think that some of that stuff has just been lost. And, and, and I guess as a man of color, I am, um, heartbroken at some of what I've seen. Um, I was uh, incredibly upset to see what happened to George, George Floyd. And I was. I thought that that was uh, very difficult to watch and very difficult to embrace. Yet mm -hmm. I also not, I do not concur with rioting or violence oh, or no. looting no. or, 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 oh, or pushing horrible. back. But do you know what I mean? I'm not making any statements about the police, but, but, but I am comfortable saying this. All police everywhere are not intrinsically racist. They're yeah. not. They're not. And, and, and so when we begin to make statements on institutions, particularly those in authority, we're beginning yeah. to cast off restraints. And the only place that's going to end up is violence and more violence. Um, and so the casting off of restraints, the embracing of, of really dangerous doctrines like equity, um, calling it justice, all that kind of thing, Thing. It did a very difficult oh, time in yeah. uh, a very fresh time. So, yeah, that's kind of what mm -hmm. I think. Hopefully, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. When, you, when you go back to when you were talking about uh, Martin uh, Martin Martin Luther uh, uh, King and his speech, you know, when you think that man of color, he was a great, great preacher. He was a great, great public speaker. And you, you look at what he brought to the table, to what is emerging civilizations. Democracy is not a very long organized, uh, form of, of governance. And even human rights, the 60s, a lot of people don't understand this, but go back in the 60s, the entire world was actually going through its metamorphosis on human rights. In the 60s, you couldn't vote if you were a cat couldn't vote in some of the elections in Northern Ireland. And actually, if you were a Protestant, you couldn't vote in some of them either because your vote was linked to whether you owned land or not. And that favored the people who had money more sort of. So and people had to say, well, listen, this, this, they had to work those things through. You know, and people have to fight, you know, human rights. But when you see a man of color like Martin Luther King and, and, and the incredible I think he emancipated people's minds by talking about those things. It's a, it would be a great thing for people to study that speech because in that speech yeah. is that tremendous sense of fair play and honesty that, that has to be embraced by every white man, but also by every black man and every yellow man and every red man. Yeah, it is the yeah. content of your character, you know what I mean? And uh, 
rather than I, I, I deserve something because of the, the color or lack of color of my skin. I deserve, you know, and, and so I think there's, there is something that's, you're right, the, the, the doctrine of equality of outcome is an outrageous uh, uh, treatise to have, you know. Um, they tried that in Russia and they tried that under communism that you could go to school, put an awful lot of hard work on, become a nuclear physicist, and then earn the same money as a guy dig in the garden next door that never bought it is Barney, but you know, he just didn't want to work hard. And you got exactly the same. You got the same little ladder car and you got the same one bedroom apartment in Moscow. And there was no incentive for you to work hard because uh, or, or develop your character, your giftings, because hey, if I, you know, I've got to get exactly the same as the other man. So equality outcome was a horrible doctrine because it, it, it kills initiative of people. But the yeah. equality of opportunity, you know, and, and to, to enshrine in our laws that no man, because of his ethnic background, his religion, the color of his skin, and even his gender, uh, whatever, and, and gender should be discriminated against on those areas. It's the substance of what you are as a person, you know, and what you bring to the table is whether someone's going to employ you or not. And it should be it should be in those areas. But it's been horrible to, to, to watch this absolute violence just rising up, you know, and, um, you know, to see people sometimes who should know better, you know, anytime you find yourself getting angry and you want to hit out at somebody, you need to restrain yourself and say that the yeah. anger of man yeah. never brings about the righteousness of God. Mm. That's not the way, to, that's never been the Christian way, you know, and, uh, and so I think it's important for people to say, Ham, what's your own thoughts on that, Ham? Well, I'm enjoying the conversation. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm watching, um, you know, of course, this is a lot of this we're talking about is happening a lot in America and spreading. And it's unfortunate to see countries importing racism where there was none or, or little. There's always going to be racism. There's always going to be that tension. And people are always going to gather either around similarities or differences. And that's the human yeah. nature. And, and, and for whatever, for that part of us is survival and base. And, and that's just human nature. And you can't legislate no. uh, racism out of people's hearts. You can't legislate no. greed, you know, for for those that are greedy in a capitalistic world. You can't legislate greed. You can by force take their money from them, but it's never going to change the heart. And that's no. where we always come back to the gospel because it's the only mm. thing in every scenario that brings that does bring true equality. Because Jesus, I mean, Paul, if you think about the epistles of Paul and how, where he took the gospel message. It's fen I mean, it's phenomenal writing for the time where he said, there is no Jew. There is no Greek. There is no bond. Yeah. There is no slave man. There is no Absolutely. master. There's no uh, barbarian. There's no women. There's no men. So that whole thing, uh, and I'm, I'm not, he wasn't saying that that in the sense that there, you know, there weren't, two genders i have to qualify that but in the sense <laughs> yeah, that yeah. <laughs> equality it, when it comes to equality when it comes to uh to what god has done and 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 the equality that god has given in the gospel and the justice that was accomplished and that's where our ultimate justice is there, you know mm -hmm. you're not going to get perfect justice in this world um and and the only one you're going to find that is, is in the just one and mm -hmm. as ministers and as myself, it, you have to come to down those tram lines because every one of us, you know, when when things get hard and things get difficult, it's it's totally human nature to to resort to uh, those base 
elements that we all come around, you know, uh, whether it's money, skin, whatever it is, whatever we do. And so we have to fight against that tide and be countercultural and, and be united in the gospel. And, uh, and I think that my biggest, I think my biggest disappointment is to watch ministers uh, jump on that bandwagon and use the gospel as, as a, uh, I, I've got good friends and I've watched them just their whole focus be shifted off of the gospel mm. and the kingdom onto trying to, trying to get justice in this world and trying to, to, and I'm not saying there's not a part of that. There's not, there's a part of that, that, that I think that, you know, you've got people like Wilberforce and men throughout history that have fought for justice. And I think that we should, but it shouldn't, it shouldn't be, it couldn't, shouldn't be the all consuming uh, desire of our hearts uh, to, to, to stay in that kind of mindset. You know, I think we have to have a broader mindset and we have to win as many souls as we can. Because uh, yeah. I do believe, I do believe we're living in the last days. I do believe that yeah. our time is short. Look at what's happening in Israel. Look at what's happening in the West, the shift. So um, coming back to the gospel-centered message, we have to stay there. That's our protection. That's our ballast. And, Amen. Uh, that's what we hide in, or at least that's what I hide in anyway, because I, I find yeah. that uh, if, I, if I get out of that, I get pulled into so many different, get pulled into arguments. And, <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 I, th I think it's fair to say. I think it's fair to say too that that maybe most of the Christian world is already under this sort of pressure and persecution. If you you look at the, the church in China, church in India, church in Iran, so mm. much of the church is already under this type of persecution, pressure. Maybe a communist re mm. regime, socialist regime, and and we're coming into it and. Maybe we can draw example from them. You know, our first fight is, yeah. is, is the gospel. Our first fight is for the souls of men and and, yeah. and, and loving yeah. people and, and reaching the lost. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, I think I think what's what's challenging in this phase is the separation of of truth from reality. Mm. You know, and pe people defining their own truth, and it's very hard to combat that. But I, th I think, and, and going back to that scripture again, I think in this day, um, light shines where, where maybe just a, an argument doesn't. You know, we are light. Mm. You know, God has defined us as that. And, and so there's a visible aspect to this that, that isn't just another argument. It's not just another mm. argument. It's, it's, it's light. It's the light of Christ. It's, it's a salt of, of his spirit and his life flowing through us. That, that's our defining feature. Mm. That's our hope. That, that's our testimony, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think um, just just to, for watch uh, for those who are watching, just give you a little bit of sort of anthropological history, you know, because people will look at the Bible and say, well, the Apostle Paul, really two thirds of the New Testament is written by Paul, and it, it the, the bedrock of Trist Christian doctrine has come out of the Pelissian teachings, and yet Paul never did anything to take on the issues of slavery of his time, really. You know, Paul Ham mm. quoted that scripture, not a Jew, not Gentile. He was actually very revolutionary, but he didn't go placarding, you know, he didn't go, you no. know, lobbying to change the system. And so you would ask yourself, well, why didn't he, you know, in Philemon, why didn't he deal with the slavery issue there? Why didn't he deal with the women issue here? And the only conclusion you can genuinely make, and it's a very easy extrapolation from reading the Bible, that he understood that the core of men 
will always lean into these sorts of discriminations, men against women, the age-old gender fight, you mm. know, uh, the age-old issue of ethnos against ethnos and rich against poor. Before every even met a black man or a person of color, uh, before it was ever even anyone in Ireland, because Ireland's in the very west of the Atlantic here, next step was America. Uh, we were we had these feudings, Northsiders versus Southsiders, and we all had the same skin <laughs> because it came down from a human nature. You, know, you never let your sister marry a Northsider or we never let your sister marry a Southsider. That was the stupid mentality when we were all just one color fighting against each other. But anyhow, my point is that when the Apostle Paul started to preach the New Covenant, and we've been doing the New Covenant for the last three Sundays, the, the power of when that distills into people, you know, so first of all, you embrace Christ as Lord and Savior. And, uh, and it's like every Christian, when any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things pass away and all things start to become new is actually what it means, becoming new. You start to come into a newness of life. And as the gospel message of the new covenant distills down into an individual and then into a society, you have all these incredible emancipations going on, you know, an esteeming of everybody, inalienable yeah. rights, because you now begin to see that everyone has an inalienable right given to them by God, not by government. Physical integrity, the, you know, uh, to the, the 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 pursuit of love and happiness and 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 wealth even, and so every country in the world that started to embrace the gospel and and the power of the new covenant, it started to distill down. It didn't immediately happen. You see that in the United Kingdom. Uh, the one major difference between Europe and you could say Africa is that Europe embraced the gospel a thousand years earlier, and as a result, it's it it. The truth sets you free. So it set people free from paganism, backward behavior, backward cultural behaviors. Uh, I mean, Europe was very dark, very druid-driven, very violent. Tribes, Tribalism was massive mm. in Europe. But then the gospel comes in and it sets an order and, and then righteousness exalts a nation, of course. And then it starts to become finer and finer the more it's embraced. So you begin to see that men of the next generation say, hey, what mom and dad discovered in the gospel is great, but it also speaks to these social issues. And it has mm. to distill down right down to the slavery issue of Wilbur's first time. And many Christians owned slaves back then. They would say, I own slaves. And, and all this, you know, and it was partly, we could go to the continent of Africa, and many black people would have owned slaves as well. And the, the, yeah. the, the Arabian continents, it was that because they never were given a theology that made men and women uh, of having an inalienable right not to be slaves, to be free down before God to give an account of their own life, to live in the pursuit mm -hmm. of love and life and happiness. But as the gospel distilled down, then you had the Wilbur forces. So Christians were the powerful ones that say, hey, 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 whatever we did for hundreds of years here, the Bible says this, it doesn't just speak to your salvation and sins forgiven and your own life. It speaks about your obligation to your fellow man. And yeah. that is the distilling power of the gospel. And, and now what we're seeing is that because we are getting rid of the gospel, we have nothing to distill down to give people you, you, any sense of value. You look at the United States right. camp, your own country, 50 states, 14 districts. A lot of people don't know that there's 14 other districts of America, but 50 states. And the glue that held them together was a belief in God we trust. So if you believe in God, you believe that God is the one that gives you rights as a man or woman, regardless of your skin color. And when you let that distill down, then you cannot hold a man in bondage. You cannot discriminate against a brother or sister. You cannot discriminate because she's a woman or he's a black man. You know, you cannot do that. And if you do it, you're doing it in contrary to what the word speaks. But the thing about it, we all forget one thing, that we came from a very 
darkened mentality, dark Europe, dark Africa. And that gospel had, it, it, it took a long time for the Holy Spirit to start refining the new, the new creation, you know, and, and, and to start touching the lives of civilizations. And that's what happened. It, that, that distilling of the gospel brought about the abolishment of slavery in Europe first through, the, through Great Britain, would you mm. believe it? The ones that everyone gives, sticks their tongues out. It was the British were the first to, to eradicate it. The British then set out its galley ships to attack slave ships and set free slaves for a hundred years before Africa set them free, even our other parts or the Arab countries for that matter. And that was all to do with the gospel. Wilberforce yeah. and the saints, that's what they called them. There were something like 50 uh, representatives in the Commons government. They were known as the saints because they were devout Christians and they brought the, what we would preach today, the gospel, they say, you cannot treat a man that way. That's not God's will. You may call yourself a Christian. You may even be going to heaven, but you are not doing the will of God. And, and I, I think uh, when we understand the history, we should be celebrating every major change, the, the right to work bill, not putting children down mines, giving workers yeah. uh, two days off a week. You know, uh, you know, all this came, the labor laws, all came through Christians. I just think yeah. we have so much heritage that we, we rightfully own. And we must yeah. understand that the gospel, even in Africa today, the longer Africa gravitates towards the gospel, it will trickle down. And even the tribalism that has dogged Africa, will, it'll sort that out because it is only the gospel can do it. It did it a thousand years earlier. It came to Europe and got rid of tribalism there. Now Europe is getting rid of the gospel. And do you know what's happening? Ethnos is rising up against Ethnos, tribe against tribe. We're looking yeah. at it as black men and white men and Spanish yeah. men and what we have in common with the English or the French anyhow. And all of a sudden, because we're getting rid of the gospel value system, and I fear for our world that 2,000 incredibly hard-fought years of great values have been thrown out the window by people. And friends, it's, it's brothers, it's men like us, Christian men and women all over the world. As you said, Stephen, it is the light, because that is the light that's going to bring about change, because people are discounting science now, and they're going back to... Uh, so that's what history is. I'm sorry to uh, uh, yarn on the little history lesson for those who are mm, watching good. there. It's substantial. But, the, but I'd like something that you talked about there, Stephen, and, and maybe you can speak into it, brothers. Uh, you can comment on that as well, if you wish. But it is the whole idea of the my truth, the subjective rather than objective realities, you know, the casting away of science, and now the whole world must stop spinning because hear my voice. I am the oracle of real truth, and it's my truth. You know, uh, before I, I turn it over to you, I was in a competition for the totally unboring show. Uh, what is the totally amazing unboring mm -hmm. show? Where I'm up against Catherine uh, uh, and 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 Patrick Dobbs there, and and we're doing this competition. And everyone says I lost the competition, but my truth says I didn't lose the competition. So there you are, Patrick. <laughs> You lost. You lost. <laughs> my truth says I didn't lose. I don't care what the clock says. My truth says I won. I feel like I'm a winner. <laughs> yeah. Come uh, away of those things, guys, because I think that things that people are contending with really are this this my truth business. I think it really needs to be. It, we need to knock it on the head. Actually, to be honest. Yeah, it's like doesn't Isaiah talk about truth falling into the marketplace? And there's this mm. idea that objective truth now has fallen down, and now now truth really is in within it's within reach, and people have got have, have got their own truth, their own subjective truth, 
So we live in, in this relativistic world where lived experience is the final court of appeal for what truth really is. So that's my mm. experience. That's how I feel. And therefore that is. So Descartes said, I think, therefore I am. If Descartes was Generation Z, he'd say, I feel, therefore I am. And, and that, that's absolutely the, the, mm. the mantra today. So how do you communicate the gospel to a people who think what they're feeling? Uh, yeah. You know, how do you bring, bring to a post-literate world the word of God? And it, it is definitely true. Uh, people are, are locked into it. And even to touch again on the race issue, uh, that's absolutely the reality. And it's not so nothing we're saying is denying lived experience. People have experienced real racism. They have. And so there's no denial here. Show me a case of racism and we'll fight it together. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, but the phantom, um, you know, I can't fight a racism so subconscious and well hidden that the perpetrators don't know they're racist. Okay, so that's the, the, the problem with privilege. They don't even know they're racist. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's a phantom uh, spectra of, 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 of racism. So yet where there's an action that's racial, it's an issue. And, and to say definitively, racism is a sin. It is, a, uh, you are, it is uh, an affront to Imago Dei. It's an affront to the idea that men are, are created in the image of God. Uh, it just is. I'm thankful for every drop of melanin God has given me. Absolutely delighted. Yet I come to a table in the gospel where I've got a greater identity, and that identity is son and daughter. Yeah. And that's the beauty. That's the beauty of what happened in antiquity. Yeah. In antiquity, the, the Lord's table, you had slaves sitting with their masters at a table of brotherhood. You had men and women sitting at a table of brotherhood, and you had people of every shade sitting at a table of brotherhood. Signify, mm. And so the church should be a beacon of multi-ethnicity right. in the world Hallelujah. today. It should be a beacon of racial harmony. I'm, I'm half black. My, my wife is white. My son is somewhere in between. Right, he's a milky cup of tea kind of color, <laughs> right? And so, what we don't do, and what I think sometimes is, is the misnomer with the church and racism is, do you know what? We're all colorless here. I don't think that's what got what that's not right mm -hmm. either. We can celebrate the national realities and the cultures coming together, yeah. it's just not the foundation, it's not my chief identity. It's no. not, I am a son of God before I'm a black man in the world and there's mm. a greater reality than my lived experience it's the person and work of Jesus it is what he has made me it is who I am in him and I should pursue character I should Amen. pursue depth of character I should pursue that I shouldn't mm. look I shouldn't call the most emancipated free liberated society ever 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 Yes, true. A, 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 a oppressive, subjective patriarchy. Listen, if America's so bad, why don't you leave? If it's so bad, why haven't you left yet? <laughs> you know, that's what I'd ask to some of the people. They're lambasting <laughs> yeah. America and enjoying uh, its freedom. And they're pulling down the greatest social experiment known to man mm. called America. It, they're pulling yeah, it down it, brick yeah. by brick. Unbelievable. It's, it's awful. So it's, just to, it's just to say that. It's just to say that for the Christian, 
we have a greater court of appeal than lived experience. It's not just what I've experienced. It's what the word of God says about my reality, about who I am, about the trajectory of my future. Thank God my hands, my, my future as a black man is not in the hands of a white patriarchal hegemony. My future is in the hands of Jesus Christ. He will make of me whatever he desires. And it doesn't matter what society. Are we, is it really more oppressive now than it was in Rome? Is it really more oppressive now than it even was in Jesus' day? I don't, well, I, you know, I don't agree. So uh, um, anyway, that's my two no. cents on all of that. I'm not a relativist. I, I don't think any Christian should be. We have a final court of appeal. It's the word of God. Amen. 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 Well done. Well done. Got, got a good question here from Derek. Uh, Derek over in Holland. We love you, brother. Thank you for joining us today. He said, concerning the my truth versus your your truth point, sometimes you can win an argument. Let's just jump there, me. Uh, sometimes you can win an argument. Jumping up screen. Sorry. You can win an argument with the truth, but lose someone's heart. How do you guys think about that? Good to see you again, by the way. Good to, well, we can't see you, but we're delighted with us, Derek. Mm -hmm. And we love you and your wife. Um, I, I'm just going to get on that. I'm going to, anyone else want to comment on it? First of all, we don't want to lose anybody. Um, we yeah. don't want to be about winning arguments and losing people. So whatever we, we whatever we, we engage people, we have to engage them lovingly and kindly. But we do have to engage people. So, I mean, there's, there's times of conversations like this where we'll be a little bit more candid. Uh, because yeah, well, we need that. But uh, uh, but uh, I, I just saw a comment come up there. I've been persecuted for being with you. The country is full of fatties. Gavin, go away with you. Yeah, Gavin needs to. Gavin, you need to identify as a skinny. Self-identify as a skinny. Exactly, Gavin. Exactly. That's exactly what you need to be doing there. You know, your truth, Gavin. Your truth. Um, but uh, Derek, I, I get the point because um, we can. We have to be careful. Uh, uh, and we have to be nuanced as well that we don't go about to win arguments. There's, there'll be people watching this and they'll just want to pick a fight, pluck a crow with us, you know, and, and get into genealogies and arguments. First of all, you hear our spirit. Our spirit is to be kindly, loving, yeah. honest, and embrace as much as we can about, uh, uh, as much as we possibly can, we should embrace about people. But Jesus said, those who worship me, you must worship in spirit and in truth. So you can't mm. turn away from that either. So we need wisdom from God. I agree with your brother. Uh, it, it's a really finding that wisdom, checking your spirit. The Bible mm. says, speak the truth in love. So if you don't love them, shut your gob. Don't speak it. Go back to God and say, give me a bunch of love for these transgender. Give me a bunch of love for these wokeism people, because I'm not going to get up and rail against people unless I genuinely have a compassion for them. And I shouldn't rail anyhow. I'm going to try to engage in a healthy way. So, brother, I think you're, you're a Christian man. Those watching, most of your Christian people, ours is not out placarding. Ours is not out cancel culturing anybody. Ours is not out to beat you with a stick because you disagree with us. We should be the ultimate pacifists here, that we would lay down our lives for your right to disagree with us. Even if we don't agree, disagree with, agree with you, we still believe that God has afforded you to the right to disagree with God. Why would I take that away with you, from you? So, I think knowing that's the heart of a person, but... Uh, uh, that's all I got to say in that one, okay? Anybody <laughs> jump in if you want to. <laughs> and I, I, I think it's fair to say, too, that that why people do believe in relative truth and, and defining their own truth, they also still believe in absolute truth because today I, had to pay, today I had to pay a tax bill as much as I would uh, want to deny the truth of that bill coming in and, and make up my own truth that it's already been paid. 
that's not going to work. You know, the guard stops me on the road. Well, you know, I can have my truth. It doesn't matter. You know, and and, and truth yeah. is truth, and still, it still has value today. Um, it is, it's yeah. just, it's just how I think. I think I think Dirk's question is so good because mm-hmm. we need to, we yeah we, we we do need to be solved where, where there's 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 a taste there's something of the love of the Lord and and in what we bring to people and and, and how we represent Christ to the world and, uh, and really that's what it's that that's a huge part of it isn't it yeah 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 well done no oh, goodness me we're, t- we're dealing with some thorny things today boys huh. Eh? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're not as scared to, to talk because I, I can say, uh, as a senior pastor here, our, our, our leaders, all our leaders, have such a love for everybody. I mean, we we're not there is not there is there is nothing malevolent in in any if we feel towards people, even people that disagree with us. There's God mm-hmm. has given us in our hearts as ministers an ability to love beyond human failure. Otherwise, we couldn't. We couldn't do the job we're in as ministers if we can't see a person behind yeah. the failure or behind the anger. And um, so, uh, you know, I thank God that he's put that grace into us. Otherwise, you couldn't cast her. You'd be, be out the gap. But uh, thank you, Derek, yeah. for that question. It's a great question, by the way. Anybody else, send in some questions if you want. We're going to deal with them. I did see one by my uh, my, my my niece was up, Abby, about about passports and stuff, about the, uh, the, the health passports. Abby... We could spitball about that. Yeah, vaccine passports. I, I don't know what the boat, to be honest with you, other than that if if you want to go on holidays at the end of the summer and you don't have a vaccine, Greece won't let you in, whether you like it or not, and America won't let you in, whether you like it or not. Um, so, mm-hmm. you know, make your decision. If you're happy to stay at home without that, don't get it done, you know. Um, that's their world now. I mean, they can shut the borders. They can open it. They have the custody of that. Uh, whether I agree with it or not, it's not even going to make a heap of a difference to it. It's the truth of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I understand why people are trying to contend with those ones as well. Okay. Jerry Doyle has asked the question, what does the future of summer for our conference post-COVID look like? Well, what do you think there, Ham- or Patrick? What do you think we're going to be doing? <laughs> I, 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 I'm excited. I, I think that there's going to be a great future for summer fire and really the spirit of what that conference is in the nation. Um, I, I, that it will take the right form at the right time and it, it'll galvanize at the right time. Jerry, I know you're trying to lock us all into dates right now. I just fall out. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I, I do. I, I think, yeah. <laughs> That's just my opinion. I think that the Lord has, has got a great next chapter, next season, at the right yeah. time for for on the fire and all things national. I think post COVID. Yeah, I think it's going to happen too. Yeah, it's going to happen. I believe it. I, the expression might be different. It might not be in the same way, but it, there's going to be something. Yeah, There'll be something. Yeah. Yeah, I did speak. I did speak with Pastor Carter there a couple of months ago, and and Teresa Conlon. Uh, you know that even even in the in the midterm between now and next year, the possibility of us doing a summer fire for two or three nights online, where mm-hmm. they would be speaking live, uh, there would be some what maybe an, an element of a live congregation, but it would be a, um, a summer fire, three or four, excuse me, night event. So I mean that may happen yet. I, mm-hmm. I've talked to my brother Gavin and Judith about that recently to say how can we, how can we do that? How can we market that? How could we, you know? So we're kind of looking into that, Jerry. One thing's for sure: when it does happen, Jerry D's ministry will be there. Okay, yeah. and uh, just to give you a, just to give you a plug, if you're watching Christian podcasts, 
Jerry is beating us all in podcasts at the moment. So you, you have to start listening to the Court Church podcast because Jerry's way up there. He's doing an awesome job. And uh, so go on, Jerry. <laughs> I don't know. Here, I'll put in my two cents word. I think we should do a summer fire cruise. If, if we can get a cruise ship, lock it down. I think that's from the spirit. I just get the word from the Lord. Then. <laughs> that, that would be great. Yeah. It's just who's going to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, yeah, well, who knows? Mm. Who knows? Maybe you've got a, a rich aunt that'll pay for all of us, Sam. How about that? No, I reckon no, everybody no knows you. Back. Everybody knows all you Americans are worth a fortune. Come on. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're poor? Uh, you're not my friend anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, uh, it's we've had babies born. Uh, we've had ministry developed. Uh, we've had people saved. Uh, we've yeah. had trials, of course, difficulties, health issues, hamp, you've been going through a major, uh, mm. uh, you know, announcement. Uh, do you want to share a little bit about that? Because I think if you don't want it, that's fine too. But I want people to know that yeah. uh, we've all gone through trials and we've all, we've all family members. We've got our own issues going on, our own family lives as ministers through this last 13, 14 months. Uh, Hamp, mm -hmm. what about you? Do you want to share a little bit what's been happening? Yeah, yeah, I went through a health scare there. Um, and I think it was just prolonged exposure to uh, stress, just stress-related. And my family has a history of high blood pressure, so I went through that. And um, so I made a commitment. I wasn't feeling well. Just we, with Feed Cork, um, when COVID hit, we almost doubled our pace. And we were already at a, at a, at a steady pace. And then when COVID hit, uh, it was it went up even, you know, we took on more. I was in the middle of a move, um, you know, I wasn't feeling well, moved house right when COVID hit. So there were a lot of different things happening there that came at once. And that's where everybody knows how stressful that is when you're moving mm -hmm. and, and um, you know, even there's a lot of different factors. Yeah. yeah, trying to find, it took me six, seven months, I think, and. I think I viewed like 60 houses and I mean, it was crazy. You know, it was just, it was really that with that whole lead up to that and moving and finally getting settled and right as COVID, the week, the lockdown happened, I had to be out of the house. So it was, it was really stressful. And then we shifted gears here and, uh, and went into overdrive and almost doubled our capacities. And, and, uh, so, um, you know, just some things like that happened. And, and I think, um, you know, your body, you know, it sends signals. It, it tells you you need to slow down. And I'm not very good. I'm learning. You know, you have to self-care. Uh, I'm by nature. I like to work and I find a lot of value or a lot of um, satisfaction in doing things. So uh, I think for myself, I had to learn to pull back. And, um, you know, I just didn't listen, to be honest. I wasn't listening to what my body was saying and though, until December. Um, I made a commitment to myself to go and put myself under the care of a doctor. So in January, January 2nd, I went to see my GP. And uh, we were in a process of about two or three months trying to figure out what was going on. Uh, high blood pressure came on. I had an episode. And... Um, it's been it's been challenging. It's caused me, you know, God's amazing how He creates us because um, your body is, is designed like 
these these protections, you know, and then if you won't listen, it's going to force you to listen to it. And so I, I kind of mm. I was forced to listen. And uh, and I'm thankful now looking at it because it's it's just it's caused me to rethink my life and, and put in some healthy practices. Um, you know, I'm getting up a lot earlier. I'm going to bed earlier. I'm planning my day. I'm, I'm dealing with things completely different than the way that I did before. And yeah. uh, I'm I'm stepping back in some capacities. And so all this is, is good. It's been good for me. I mean, God's been ministering to my heart. So it's been good. Just before we switch uh, to the rest of the guys, what at the peak, what was your blood pressure at? Just to give people an idea, because I think the oh, yeah, yeah, blood I, pressure. What, you know? No, I think one day it was 230 over one. I think it got as high as it was 230 over 150, something like that. It was massive. That's beyond, that's like, that's beyond stroke level. I mean, that is like yeah. nearly heart attack. That's nearly like a, yeah. you're going, it's like you have a constant yeah. heart attack going on in your system. Yeah. And stuff like that. Oh, and well, that particular, yeah, that particular day I did have an episode. I was, uh, uh, you know, I won't say, but I got sick. I thought I had, I thought it was, because I never get sick that way. Um, and I just thought it was, I just kind of pushed through it. I just pushed through it. I was like, oh, I got sick, cleaned up, came in and had a meeting here. And by the end of that meeting, I just was hanging on by a thread. So I went home and then the next day I was into the doctor. I got a monitor and um, in the monitor, when they, when they gave me the, when they looked at it, it was, uh, the very next day, it hit two thirty. So I don't know what it was when that happened, uh, but I had an episode the day before. So it was, it was, mm. you know, it wasn't was, just. Was and my blood pressure is still high. It's still so very high. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's still one sixty five over one ten on it's average. So yeah. we're we're bringing it down with the meds. But uh, anyway. Well, well, we're going to, I wanted people to know that because outside of the epic work that Feed Cork is doing, there's personal costs. There's a team behind the scenes that also have their own family life as well. That not just are we not are we just doing online material and doing church. We all have to prepare. When I preach and Patrick and Steve preaches, Ham preaches, we all have to go prepare. We have to get our worship. We have to, you know, mm. and then we have our own family lives and then we're dealing with our own sets of difficulties. Someone asks, how do you right. how do you navigate those things? We have to navigate it like everybody else does. We have to get up in the morning, put basic a, a basic plan together for our life, seek the face of God. And and uh, too much trial enter the kingdom. So, I mean, Patrick, it was a massive year for you because I just saw the gorgeous Jackson James downstairs. But yeah. uh, you had there was a few trials there, man. There was a few moments, wasn't there? You know, of, that uh, yeah. but again we didn't put we, we didn't put on the congregation because we yeah. know the congregation to deal with a lot of with the COVID restrictions was horrendous. But we had to deal with those restrictions too, folks. And we have our lives going on. And we just need you to know that yeah. because. You're not, we're not these people that walk in water much as we would love to be able to do tomorrow for you. We have our, we, we have our trials we go through. Yeah. Patrick, just, just one minute, just, just share a little bit about Jackson James and that, because that was a big, a big yeah. yeah, of course. Well, um, he was born during a lockdown during COVID, so um, I wasn't allowed to really go in with Laura to any of the scans, any of the hospital appointments, and actually I wasn't allowed to go in for her induction, which uh, was something that just changed the weekend of his birth. So um, I only got to really step into the situation after Laura had been unsuccessfully induced um, mm. for over a day. And so she's in the labor ward 
nothing is moving and um, his heart rate is um, mm. it's not stable. So we, we just knew there was something in the air. Doctors were coming in and out, different doctors, loads of conversations happening, kind of hushed away behind the door. They came in and said, listen, we're going to have to take him out. So they took her in for an emergency C-section. Happened really, really quickly. Um, once he came out, um, there was silence, actually, for, for a little bit. It just seemed like forever, to be honest, Oof, yeah. uh, before he started crying. And um, the attendee came, whispered in my ear, listen, his umbilical cord was wrapped around his neck five times. So um, that's the stadium gym. So, I mean, you know, the favour of God, the scriptures say mm. that um, escapes from death is in the Lord. That's just God's faithfulness there because, um, you know, obviously if they pushed through on a natural birth, it would have put him his life risk. So um, he comes and he's good for a few days. And then he starts to, for whatever reason, um, he starts to decline in their views. So they brought him to the NICU at the uh, neonatal uh, intensive care unit. And he was in intensive care for two weeks. So they were, you know, testing, checking for different things. And uh, Laura was discharged. So we just came in and out every day to him, then brought him home. And uh, he's been home since, and he's thriving by the grace of God. God. He's doing great, loads of personality. Right. Every time I wake up and look in the crib, he's bigger. <laughs> so um, <laughs> we're we're really thankful. It's a great season. Uh, we don't sleep, but that's, that's <laughs> a part of the, the process. So, yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't want them to have them too perfect, no, do we? I mean, you do, you do need to be yeah, yeah, yeah. learning but you know what? Yeah. It's been a it, it's it's great for you to share this with us uh, because it, it has been a very uh, and I think we are coming to somewhat of a closeness. I think it's going to be a few months before it straightens out completely. But uh, uh, through many dangerous toils and snares, Steve, I love that song yeah. that you 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 done. Never once did we ever walk alone. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. Never once. For sure. Uh, I, I, I think I think God has been so faithful to us, so faithful. He's blessed us with. Um, mm. I remember when on the first lockdown, um, the stress levels in my house were way up. You know, we had to rejig the house because we were trying to record worship. Everybody had to be quiet in the rest mm. of the house, and then we're trying to put it together. And Ronan's saying you can do this, and I'm saying no, you can't do that. And you know, we're, we're learning. We're, we're trying to figure out Final Cut. Pro and, and Logic Pro and all these these packages and um, so so we're doing it as we're learning and there's deadlines and Wednesday night is a deadline it has to be out and you're you're flying mm -hmm. down the road to get it to Bend to put it together and the and the, and the, put the video together and and um, but God God has been so faithful and and He's mm -hmm. blessed us every mm -hmm. step of this journey. Uh, why did we ever doubt? In, in many ways, why did we ever doubt? You know, if he brings us into a valley, he's got a way through that valley. If he brings us to Amen. a mountain, he's got a way over the mountain. He's got the strength mm -hmm. that we need. He, he, there's a path through it somehow or other, uh, and 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 we're to be fruitful in in every yeah. season, in every season. Yeah. And he's got a way for us to to do that uh, in our generation, in our time. He never missed a beat. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Well done. Well done. You know, just uh, again, we're, we're we're going to have to finish up. Uh, we've gone over the hour, but uh, the week that's in it, it's it's. Uh, my mom does watch this, so she'll watch it at some stage if she's not on live now. But uh, it's the fifth anniversary of my father, and I just yeah. want to give testimony because my my father and and my mom, you know, they they basically um, uh, started in their home 
a number of years ago and, and ask myself and Catherine would we come and join them. Now we were already mm. feeling the leading ourselves as well, you know, that we, where we were, we were moving from. And uh, we started a meet in Frankfield in our home with my dad and my mom and us. And then Gavin was there and Paddy and a few others just started to meet and pray. And it was, it was my father, you know, who, um, who, uh, when I, when I, when I think about it, the influence in my own personal life, because I have mm. had the privilege, mm. like some of you have, to have rubbed shoulders with some of the greatest names of evangelical gospel of the last hundred years, David Wilkerson, Carter Conn, and Beat Clinton, and all these incredible men of God. And uh, and you're very, you're, I'm always very rightly enamored when I was in their company and hear them preach. But when I actually bring it down, I think the one that influenced me and genuinely this church, core church, the one that behind the scenes reached out and loved the people, the strays, the individual, the people that had yeah. very little English, the ones that came from, talk about, I mean, my dad, I'm convinced he was the wrong color skill anyway. I mean, I just think he was, if it's possible to be born into a wrong body, he should have been born into a black one because he was, he was animated in worship. He was expressive. He didn't care what people thought. Uh, he, had, he had these qualities that, what I love to see in so many of our African congregation, that they're liberated when it comes to worship the Lord, and very friendly and warm-spirited man. Mm. And uh, and so, you know, I begin to think that, you know, that, you know, these are the, you know, Paul says you have 10,000 advisors, but very few fathers. And just to mm. give to me again today, that, you know, my dad, Nick Cassidy, five years in heaven today, promoted uh, the invaluable help he was to me as an as an individual. I remember when I felt a leaning towards being a minister or, or going into full time ministry. He was the one. This is the Lord behind me all the way pushing mm. it. And when I got a little bit weary of the idea of it, he said, "No, no, God give you word, and we know it's the Holy Spirit." And um, spurring me on to love and good deeds all the time, and so many many yeah. other stories. You know, and Patrick, you got a little story and you shared with me about the Bible. What do you want to share that just for a moment? I do. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, I loved your dad. Your dad was like a father to so many of us, me included. Uh, one day he came up to me and he had this, we, we had a great bounce off each other, you know, and came up to me and he goes, you need a Thompson Chain reference Bible. I said, right. I don't know what that is. And he goes, don't worry about it. I'm going to get you one, uh, which was a stunning thing for a man on a pension to buy yeah. a, a Bible like that. But he bought it for me. He bought it's it for me. He came Bible. in. A yeah. I tell yeah. you what, a beautiful leather Thompson Chain reference Bible. And on the inside of it, he had that quote by D.L. Moody. Uh, this book will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from this book. To my beloved son, Patrick. Yeah. Um, to me, that was a, a that's something I, I really cherish to this day. Um, I miss your dad. I know I'm going to see him again. I'm going to introduce Jackson to him. I know they're yeah. going to get on. And, you know, yeah. so yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you for that story. Yeah, that was an expensive. Thompson Chain Reference Bible, by the way, is about 70, 80 euros to get it online. And you're right, a man yeah. in a pension. Uh, he had a heart that way. I mean, I, I, I know for all of you guys on the screen, my dad was a great supporter and lover of you. Mm. And, uh, you know, and he, he, he definitely shared his objectivities about you as well. But it was always done with honesty, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you know, and always in a supportive way. And, and so, yeah. so we just, we, we thank the Lord for a life that was, again, well lived. And for a legacy that li that lives on through, you know, his children, his grandchildren, and to the life most his spiritual children here at Cork Church. So with that, 
I just want to say thank you again, guys, for joining me. I know we did, we scattered yep. guns everything today. We put some things <laughs> that, that we probably got people placarding outside our church. Or, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, just get in line, okay? Uh, and, yeah. if, and if you have, and I just want to say, if you have a complaint about anything that we said today, just write it on the back of a 50 euro note, post it in, and we'll read it, okay? <laughs> yeah, it's, address, address it to Hamp Sermons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, God bless you all. Thank you guys for joining me. And God bless you, those who are watching. Uh, stay safe. Stay in the spirit. Walk as a Christian should walk with lots of love in yeah. your heart, passion in your heart, humble in your heart. Pray for our yeah. government. Pray for the world around us. We battle yeah. not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Remember that. Yeah. God yeah. bless you. Thank you. Bye-bye, everybody. Amen. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in with us today. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Cork Church. Also, make sure to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you have any questions at all, you can email us info at corkchurch.com or just check out our website www.corkchurch.com. Again, thank you for tuning in and see you next time. God bless.